previously. On King's Quest 6. You're on our list of undesirables and will not be getting into the castle today or any day. Now off with you. Alexander hears someone coming. Alert, my brothers, as we feared. A man, a man has landed here. Oh no! They're throwing us in! I waited too long. <laughs> we can't stay out of this ocean. The gnomes toss Alexander too far out into the sea for him to get his footing. The currents drag him under. Tickets up. Next. Guess those gnomes couldn't reach a consensus. <laughs> I like this. I like this fairy tale type of story combined with a sense of danger where they can still kill you. I think what happened there was I took too long to interact because I was describing. Let's restore our game. Alexander hears someone coming. The gnomes approach in a straight line. We've already heard that. We've heard that. Now, we have an opportunity to do something. Let's look. A gnome with a huge nose stands before Alexander. We talk. Oh, we can't talk. We have to give them. So we only have two choices. We can look at them or we can use our inventory. Let's give them a mint. Alexander holds the item out for the gnome with the stupendous nose. It's the only thing that would smell? My nose cannot be tricked that way. The smell of man still rules the day. Oh, we need to get... Oh, maybe he can only smell. A man, a man so scared into the way the sea There we go. <laughs> so that wasn't it. Alright, let's restore. We've seen that. Hmm. What else could we use? All right, before we, before we lead them out. Oh, the rabbit's foot. We can convince them we're a Alexander rabbit. Alexander hears someone coming. Here we go. Our one opportunity. We only get one shot. Alexander holds the item out for the gnome with the stupendous nose. My nose cannot be tricked. Okay. A man. Maybe this is inaccessible until we get something from another island. Let's use our magic map. Alexander pulls out his magic map. Isle of the Beast. Alexander feels a strange pulling sensation. This is nice. This is more of a wooded area. Old, tall trees here. Tall, narrow trees abound on each side of the path. The dirt paths... Alexander is standing at the edge of the sea on a heavily forested island. As far as the eyes can see, tall trees spread out their branches as though straining to link arms, their tops forming a canopy above. A path leads north through the forest. The water here is a little calmer. 
The water seems tranquil at the moment, but a dimpling pattern on the surface <sighs> indicates a strong undertow. We continue looking around. Nearby, the stump of a fallen tree still spreads its roots to the sea. If the tree stump is hiding anything, it's only local fauna. There's no need to disturb some creature's nest. Okay. The denseness of the forest makes it inadvisable to stray from the path. Okay, let's head north. Wow. Alexander is traveling on a path through a dense forest. The woods on either side of the path are teeming with wildlife. Blocking his progress north is a pond that boils with a magical intensity. We look at the pond. A pond lies across the path. The water boils as if over some magical flame. It's hot, scalding water. So we cannot get to the other side yet because it's boiling water we can't cross. But on this side, we see a mushroom. The forest is dotted with clumps of wild mushrooms. Let's pick one up. Alexander, not being an expert on poisonous mushrooms, decides not to take a chance on tasting the local variety. And what is this? Something hanging from a branch here? An old abandoned hunter's lamp is hanging on one of the trees. Alexander wonders who might have hunted in these dense woods. It's high up. To get to the lamp, Alexander must first cross the pond. Alright, so we know probably nothing we can do here yet. Let's check out the final aisle. Alexander pulls out his magic map. Alexander feels a strange pulling sensation. Isle of the Sacred Mountain. Okay. Alexander is standing on the small sandy cove of a rocky island. Around him, sheer granite cliffs block any further movement north, east, or west. To the south, he is blocked by the sea. So here we're just stranded on this little patch of sand, and we're almost encased within this cliff. On the sand, we see two objects. Alexander notices an unusually large, coal-black feather lying on the beach. We pick it up. Alexander takes the feather. Can we show that to the gnomes? Alexander is carrying an unusually large black feather. And we also see what appears to be a flower. There's an ugly flower growing near the base of the cliff. Ugly. Let's pick it up. Alexander picks the flower and is startled by its hideously strong skunk-like odor. There's For our a key. Moment, he can smell nothing else. There's our ticket to the gnomes. Colors of flame burst from the center of the incredibly stinky flower <laughs> and drip onto its petals. The flower's appearance is as flamboyant as its smell. Wow. Okay. Lastly, lastly, we see etchings in the cliff. There appears to be something etched into the face of the cliff. Alexander decides to get closer. Four words. Ignorance kills. Wisdom elevates. The rock has been etched by some unknown hand. One may need to read about the logic cliffs in the guidebook to the land of the Green Isles in order to understand this mystical inscription. The guidebook. So, 
I know if we get this from GOG, all the games come with manuals. I don't know about Steam. We'll check later, but for now... Ah, uh, we can touch these letters. So this is a puzzle of some sort. And we can just... We can click on any letter. Nothing happens. Let's, uh... Let's check that manual. So my plan was to look at the manual quick and then come back to the game, but these older games sometimes had really cool manuals, had different Easter eggs inside the manuals, a lot of lore, things like that. Some of them had some really special stuff, and this game is no different. So, I think if I read some of this, it's actually going to add to the atmosphere of this playthrough. I think it's actually going to enhance it, so I'll read a little bit. Also, if you want to bypass this section of me reading the manual, skip to around 1730 mark. So we have every King's Quest game in here, and it has descriptions and lore and different things. So we go down to King's Quest VI, and we see the box art in King's Quest VI, written in a calligraphy type of font up top. Air today, gone tomorrow, and then we have the picture, we have the box art, and in the box art we see Prince Alex with this kind of dramatic pose as he enters this labyrinth, and awaiting him in the labyrinth is this huge fearsome minotaur and it stands above a skull the two face each other down and that's the box art below that roberta williams below that sierra so you go in the store and you see this great presentation of this box and if you pick up this box it's almost like you're holding like a hardcover book and you look on the back how can you not want to look in the back of that box that's the first thing you see when you would pick up this old game and you collect it you own this you own this box it's not like the disc shuffle you see today this is yours so so below the box, getting past my admiration for this box, we have a message from the developer right underneath. And it says, King's Quest V broke a lot of ground. VGA, icon interface, and lots of acting. I'm pleased to say it also won Software Publisher Association's Best Adventure Game Award in 1991. But I had to look at things from other angles for King's Quest VI. We needed professional voice actors, and the plot had to be less linear. Co-designer Jane Jensen and I bounced a lot of ideas around. We needed more optional puzzles, multiple solutions to puzzles, multiple uses for the same object. That's interesting. A few red herrings and lots of timers, so things would need to be done within a certain amount of time. King's Quest VI had to be harder and easier than King's Quest V in that you can get through it on a minimal level. You'll miss half the story, but you'll finish, so that's interesting. Valanus finally got some time on the screen and we don't know who that is yet. I wonder if it's the servant girl. I knew she had to play a major part in the sequel. I wanted to get away from just putting together a jumble of puzzles in some sort of meaningless quest. You should have a clear sense of what you're doing and why with some emotion behind it. Signed, Roberta. So that's kind of cool, right? I mean, that's not a waste of time for, to read this. And it's interesting because this is an old game, obviously, and, you know, to some people it seems dated, outdated graphics, the sound, the way they are, which are actually charming to me. But if you listen to what that vision is, right, and you think about these ideas that she had and where she wanted to go with this, the creativity is the same as it is today, if not more. So she wasn't being influenced by a ton of things. They didn't have as much things to pull from, so they did things the way they wanted to do them, and they did things in a unique way, which is why I like games like this. So again, it goes down to describe different islands and things like that, but I'm only going to read a small section here of a description of the land that we stand on. So here we have, The land of the Green Isles is an ancient kingdom ruled by a royal family designated simply as the Crown. 
Its location so far from the rest of the known world, combined with the dangers of the surrounding sea which we know all too well, have effectively isolated it from the influence of other lands. This small kingdom might as well exist on a distant star as on the other side of an inhospitable sea. Because of this isolation, the citizens of the kingdom have a unique culture and a quaint naivete. If one asks about the history of the land, they are eager to speak, yet of true answers, little can be found. They can recite the names of the holders of the crown, spanning back hundreds of years, can speak of each dwelling's origin, of practically every citizen's lineage, yet when I asked about how the kingdom began, bewilderment is the response. The kingdom has always been, they say. There has always been a royal family. It is as if this place has existed, unaltered, since the dawn of time. But there is some basis for a different picture, that these islands actually held a succession of kingdoms, each bleeding into the next, new civilizations building on ruins scarcely cold. I base this opinion on the traces and legends of an ancient civilization to be found on one of the islands. But more on that later. The kingdom as it stands today has remained relatively unchanged for hundreds of years. Four islands make up the bulk of the land. The Isle of the Crown is the center of the kingdom. There on a magnificent rise stands the Castle of the Crown, the seat of the royal family of the kingdom, and the heart of the land. A village and docks comprise the rest of the island, and run most of the kingdom's daily commerce, such as it is. Across a short distance of sea is the Isle of Wonder, an aptly named place of sheer delight, ruled by a pair of rival queens who are, despite their own internal strife, unalterably loyal to the crown. The Isle of the Beast is the least hospitable of the islands. Seemingly deserted, I did not see much of this place since obstacles made it impossible to travel far inland. Nevertheless, this place has its own history and is listed among the kingdom's holdings, so we can attest to that. The fourth island is the Isle of the Sacred Mountain, that's where we are, so called for the soaring peak that rises from the base of the island into the clouds and around which that community, both literally and philosophically, is built. The Isle of the Sacred Mountain has its own rulers who are also subservient to the crown. A more dissimilar set of cultures can scarce be imagined than those on these four islands, yet they seem to exist in harmony and function as a whole, the uniting factor is the crown, which maintains loyalty both by means of its undisputed heritage as the seat of all government and by the grace of its goodly royal family. Peace has reigned for centuries in this idyllic kingdom and seems likely to continue, that is, as long as the land remains hidden from the evil that we know exists in this world. Though I am a stranger here, I hope not to influence this place overly much. Who would wish to change such a paradise? So I wonder if that was written by Prince Alexander, if this is supposed to be his journal or something he wrote. It's written by somebody. So then the manual has sections on each island written in the same way that that was written. So descriptions, but I don't want to read it because I don't know how much is going to be spoiled. Like even the Isle of the Sacred Mountain, there's a, there's a big part. Again, I want this all to be a surprise when we get there, but we scroll down and we have the Ancient Ones alphabet. So we have, we actually have a page here with different symbols and next to each symbol is a corresponding letter of the alphabet. So 26 symbols and there is a description and a letter that corresponds to each. But we go down a little more and we have, and here we have a small description. We have one of the most intriguing artifacts left by the ancient ones are the logic cliffs. The cliffs are so named from a series of riddles written on the face of the cliffs leading from the beach of the Isle of Sacred Mountain to the Winged One City. So that's definitely where we are. What is the Winged One City? It continues, 
chiseled painstakingly into solid rock. The viewer must question what purpose the words serve. From the ancient scroll that references the cliffs, it can be determined that the riddles on the cliff were part of an elaborate mechanism designed to protect those who dwelt atop the cliffs from undesirables that might arrive from the sea below. That's definitely us. <laughs> we're definitely that undesirable. Repeatedly jump in the sea, scream for help. The mechanism may have served as some sort of calling device designed to alert those atop the cliffs that a brother required admittance, or perhaps led to secret chambers within the rock itself. Whatever the cliff's purpose was, it was obviously built to admit only those indoctrinated into the secrets of the Ancient One's culture, and for that reason, alas, as yet unsolved by those who live today. So, here we have, the following translations from the Cliffs of Logic scroll may help the reader understand the mystique that surrounds this artifact. The first challenge, only those pure of heart will be able to rise the Cliffs of Logic and rise is capitalized R-I-S-E. The third challenge, the Stones of Stealth, so we skip the second, it goes right to the third. The third challenge, the Stones of Stealth are associated with this riddle, four men standing in a row. Third from the left, and down you go. The rest, in order, move you on. The youngest, the oldest, and the second son. Then we go to the fifth, so it skips the fourth. Skips the second and the fourth. Fifth challenge, only those of the highest order may ascend. Ascend is capitalized. The Cliffs of Logic, so A-S-C-E-N-D, capitalized. And then it goes down to the catacombs, which... And maybe a small map, which would be nice. I don't typically like catacombs type levels but we'll see okay back to the game okay back in front of the cliff and once again we have ignorance kills wisdom elevates we go r the r in ignorance the i in kills the s in wisdom and the first e in elevates huge blocks of stone yeah. erupt from the granite cliffs Alexander stares with wonder. That's quite a way to welcome a guest, if indeed it is a welcome. We have a look at the stones that just emerged from the cliff. Large boulders have pushed their way from the cliffs to form a rough staircase. The stones are rectangular, angled in a stairway pattern, so we can now walk up. Let's do it. The steps cannot be moved any further backwards or forwards. The here we go. Prince Alex jumps on the first. We teeter back and forth, struggling to keep our balance. Whoa, wait a minute. On to the second. Oh, so we have to actually wait for him. We can't just, it won't do it automatically for us. We have to wait for him to stand up straight on this stone before we move on. We click the second one. Ah, so it's a timing thing. He kind of bounces back and forth a little bit, just crouches up and down, and once he stands upright... Whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, wait... We cross. So now we're about midway up. There has to be a cool death scene from this. We should save it. Let's save it. I kind of look forward to the different deaths. 
Whoa, wait a minute. Yes, this is very timing based. We're now almost at the top. Let's let's see if we can get in the fall. Oh no, Alexander loses his balance. No! Whoa. The unforgiving <laughs> rocks break his long fall. <laughs> it, was, it was only a few feet up. It was only a few feet. Tickets up. And he fell in the sand. Next. He didn't fall on the rocks. That wasn't a very logical step. <laughs> Restore the game. Uh, yeah, we have to we have to take advantage of any death opportunity. Whoa! Okay. Whoa! Wait a minute. And he's made it. Oh my gosh, we've got more. We've got a bunch more. And then, oh, the next, the next puzzle is, is at the top of this staircase, so. Alexander is standing on top of a small granite step which sticks out of a sheer wall of cliffs. And it's a long way down. Yeah, now we're up there. Now we're up there. So let's look from down here. Let's look at those stone etchings. There is something etched into the face of the cliff, but Alexander can't see it from where he is. Here we go. Whoa, wait a minute. All right, one, two, three. If we do it quick, we can go right up. All right, we're here. This almost makes me feel dizzy. It's the way he's moving just seems so accurate to how you would move up here. So these stones are very small that he's stepping on. I should have mentioned that. They're only about the width of his foot. We stand in front of that etching on the cliff. Let's have a look. Alexander examines the strange etchings in the face of the cliff. Okay. Alright, so this looks like a mess, but we can handle this. We saw this in the manual. A master of language will. And then we have a blank. So the manual had the letters. The translation of the letters. A ma oh, but we have to actually decide what we want to say. So we have a jumble of all these symbols which equate to a different letter of the alphabet. A master of language will. It's four letters. Alright, so let's go back to the manual. And here we have the ancient one's alphabet. And that was what I mentioned before. We have the letters correlated with a symbol. And the ancient one's alphabet is the alphabet of the ancient ones consisting of graphic symbols. It is clear that their language and ours have the same root. For their writings are directly translatable by simply replacing the appropriate letter of our alphabet for its corresponding symbol in theirs. It is probable that the ancient ones spoke in our language and used these symbols in their writings as a code for secrecy or for their ceremonial beauty or perhaps our own letters. For the spoken language evolved as shorthand notations for the complex symbols used by the ancient ones. In any case, there are 26 primary symbols in their alphabet. There are other minor symbols, but those were used only for accent and as representations of complex philosophical ideals and are not included here. It's good because that will just muddy the water. In addition to their alphabetical functions, each symbol also represents an emotion, a color, a creature, and a natural or metaphysical element. So that's important to remember. So now we go down this list of symbols here and each one equates to a letter. So we have letter A. This symbol represents harmony, the cat, 
the color sienna and earth so we have the emotion which is harmony we have the creature which is the cat we have the color which is sienna and then we have the natural or metaphysical element which is earth so we go down to b symbol represents sorrow the albatross the color charcoal gray and onyx so this will go a lot quicker once you know that that's the sequence that i'm reading through so now we have c the symbol represents hope the dove the color pearl gray and opals d tranquility mouse sable granite so just remember the color is sable granite is the element e irony the whale the color okra and paper f humility the grasshopper the color olive and plants g purity the unicorn color white and air h rage shark red fire i cowardice sheep orange coal j honesty the parrot the color green emeralds k wisdom owl color brown and wood l loneliness the cricket beige and clay m romantic love the swan the color gold and the element gold n hate the crab the color black and ebony o joy dolphin the color azure and sapphires p fear rabbit violet rubies q faith caterpillar the color turquoise and the stone turquoise r grief the jackal silver and the element silver s happiness the dog the color pink and marble t perseverance tortoise the color sea green and water u intuition serpent royal blue rain v foolishness the monkey color yellow ivory w familial love not familiar love familial love so family love i guess the horse the color hazel and leather hazel my eyes x bravery the lion color purple diamonds y patience the cow the color amber and pearls z desire warthog color burgundy garnets so we <laughs> i hope i didn't just read you all of those for no reason <laughs> we have to a master of languages will we have four characters we need to use a master of languages will could we do talk t-a-l-k so i mean the emotions we have are harmony sorrow hope tranquility irony humility purity rage cowardice honesty wisdom loneliness romantic love desire patience bravery familiar love foolishness intuition perseverance happiness grief faith fear joy hate i'm just gonna put talk right a master of languages will talk we'll go back Alexander examines the strange etchings in the face of the cliff. All right, back in front of the puzzle for T, which looks like this. We'll do A, which is this little... I took a picture of this with my phone. L, this. Then we have K, would be this. Nothing? No. Nothing happens. What could it be? A master of languages will... What could this be? We'll hear, maybe hear. Should we try that? H-E-A-R, let's try that. R. Nothing happens. Nothing. A master of languages will talk, Alexander. we'll hear. What else could be four letters? A master of languages will. If anyone's listening and you have any ideas, please let me know. But this is where we'll cut it off here. 
I guess, unless there is something I'm missing with the descriptions, those descriptions have to have some sort of part of this. They won't be there for no reason. The elements, we have the colors. Can anyone think of any correlation with that? If anyone has any ideas, let me know in the meantime, please. Because right now I'm stumped. This is a very unexciting way to end the video, but I still had a good time with this one. So let's figure this out. Thanks for joining me.